I felt that the weight of the world is in my shoulders and it's really difficult. Hey Zesties, welcome to another episode of the Gleeful Talk Show. I hope you had a wonderful start of the year and if not, do not stress about it because every day is a possibility and there are infinite possibilities to start anew. This is the main theme of today's episode. But before we dive into it, please subscribe and rate this podcast on your favorite podcasting platform would be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or even Podchaser. Please, pretty please. <laughs> you can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. That's at Gleeful Talk Show. If you'd like to support the show, you can buy me a cup of coffee or two. You'll find a link in the episode notes to take you there. Big shout out to our patron Gem, who's always been very supportive of the show. If you are a binge watcher, anime, or K-drama fanatic like me, please check out Nerdy Fans Podcast, where my co-host Ray and I and some of our fellow nerds dive into our favorite shows. So, new year, new you. Are you guys a believer of this? Me, I'm not really into it. I'm more of a new day type of person, so I like starting fresh whenever I can. Although it's quite hard, especially practicality or in a practical sense but easier said than done, to be honest. But we can always try, try again, right? So anyway, if you Zesties are trying to cultivate a new habit, I would suggest picking up a new book to read this first month of the year. So speaking of reading a new book, in this episode, I'm going to share my thoughts on a recent book that I've read entitled The Midnight Library. This is by the author Matt Haig. This has 304 pages and was published in 2020 and has garnered an award for Goodreads Choice Award for Fiction. This is a spoiler-free episode and I hope that you guys will be convinced to have it a go. Set in Bedford, England, this is a novel that ponders on life's infinite possibilities. We have a saying in Filipino that says, Habang may buhay, may pag-asa, which translates to, As long as you're alive, there is hope. This novel ventures a life of a 30-ish or mid-30s woman named Nora Seed, who lives a somewhat monotonous, ordinary, and unfulfilled life. She feels a lot of lack in her life, which is a product of different things. And you will realize this in the book. So no spoilers, remember? Because of this monotony, coupled by the series of unfortunate recent events in her life, she felt so disheartened, unmotivated, and basically lifeless. This is a fiction novel that evokes the reader to rethink their own life while being in a journey with the main character. And I can actually see myself in Nora's character, honestly. And personally, between you and me, I cried while reading this, even though on vacation in a pool area. So it was quite hard to put down because 
It's like venturing into different stories, different timelines, and different locations with the same set of characters. And while the concept is simple, you know, different story every time the main character gets another book or a different book and trying to undo her regrets and trying out the could have been in her life or the choices that she would have made, you know, the gist. But there's something captivating about being with the character in her attempt to discern what is really important in life. And while you're reading it, you also discern yourself what's important in your life. So I'm talking about how much this provoked me or how much I like it. But a lot of bookworms don't actually like this book. Um, based on what I've noticed in booktubers. <laughs> and it's because it's classified as a self-help-ish book. And I feel that self-help is frowned upon by hardcore bookworms. So I don't know about you or maybe it's just my assumption. Maybe I'm generalizing too much. What do you think of self-help books? But personally, I actually like self-help books most of the time because I feel like I need to help myself. <laughs> and the author is also very vocal about his issues or his concerns and his battle with mental health. And this actually is his ode to himself by writing this book, which is actually very personal then. So it's kind of nice and quite healing for someone to write, you know, this type of story while battling mental health and etc. And it's helping a lot of people. So anyway, Nora, the main character, embarks on different life choices that could have been in her life, as I mentioned earlier. And there was a part where she went to Australia, actually, and which is fascinating for me to read. I was in Nusa whilst I was reading that part. And Nusa is an area in the northern part of Brisbane, and it's actually like a go-to place by locals to have a weekend getaway. And it was my second time there. But that time, the second time around, I really enjoyed my experience. And that was the time that I was reading the book as well. It was a very good weekend at that time, even though it was quite cloudy. Well, the first time I went there, actually, that was, I don't know, like when we just came here in Australia, maybe 2019. Or some, or 2020, I don't know, but prior COVID, I think, or just when COVID was starting, we didn't get to test the beach, but, but we tested the beach the second time around. And I was pleasantly surprised on how good the water was. And no wonder it's a well-known area. And it's not just hyped at all, like it's legit. I like the waters because it's calmer than the usual Australian waters, which are known for its waves that's good for surfing. So yeah, it was quite relaxing in the water. And when I wasn't in the water, I was in the shore where I read the book. And I remember it was the part where Nora went to Sydney. She went to the area that I visited four years ago before settling in Australia. There are a lot of places were mentioned there, like Byron Bay and the um, Bondi Beach and the walk from that beach to another, which we also did when we came there. 
So it's quite refreshing to kind of like relive that again as, as someone who has visited that part and is now living in Australia. And Brisbane was also mentioned there as well as many other places. So it felt kind of homey to me. So it's also fun that the author included some Aussie slangs and the unique characteristics of Aussie culture. So Nora explored a lot of her choices and sometimes even you as a reader would think that, oh, this life could have been a good choice or a better choice or the best choice on paper because factors such as success or freedom or good family life or whatever the reader thinks that what a good life is for them are present in that story, for instance. Like there were def different stories and different life periods or life choices that was presented in the book. So it's interesting for me to read how the story actually unravels itself, whereby even though that choice seemed to be a good choice but still something seems to be missing the book also explores ideas about um, quantum physics and quantum wave function some readers find it unnecessary because this took away the focus on the main character's personal emotions and growth but me personally I was fine with that addition. I mean, I kind of like the idea of quantum physics and quantum mechanics and whatever, and the idea of multiverses and parallel universes. So there was a part there that someone explained to her that theory, and that's why the Midnight Library exists or something kind of like that. So it touched on the theory of Gestalt psychology, which was very interesting where the library exists in the mind of Nora, the character, because she likes reading. She likes to go to the library when she was a kid. So that's the psychology about it, that the mind just gives you what's familiar to you. Because there are some other people who might experience a different thing. Like, for example, if someone likes to go to maybe movies and then instead of Midnight Library in their mind, it's they, they went to the movie and are reliving their, their chosen lives through the movie, of some, somewhat like that. So that's the Gestalt psychology. And also the theory of multiverses, which I mentioned earlier, which is kind of self-explanatory. And so I like that idea, and I don't think that it took away the gist of the whole story. I feel that it added more layers, and the author tried to put a splash of science on it. So actually, there is a series uh, back then that talked about parallel universes. It's called Fringe. So I don't know if any of you Zesties have watched that series. It's an eight-season series. So, well, anyway, multiverses make you think about the possibilities, right? So... There are a lot of emotion going on in the book, or maybe it's just me being too overly dramatic about life because I'm actually also personally, personally struggling right now. However, I don't think that this is a, an extremely heavy one. So it's just uh, uh, so thought-provoking that if you read this before you go to bed, you would think too deep about life. And I don't think, I don't want to think 
too deep when I'm about to go to go to sleep because in when I think too deep, then I couldn't sleep. So, so, um, so I would um, suggest that you, you know, so I would suggest that you, re if you want to read this book, read it in broad daylight under the sun, on the beach, or in the pool area, just like me. And even if you cry there, then it's fine. So that, um, you know, some scenes that are too brain-stimulating, at least you wouldn't be affected by it and get weighed down by it. So I'm going to share some of my favorite passages from the book. I don't really remember the exact scene it was, but most of these were between Mrs. Elm, the librarian in the Midnight Library, and Nora. So here's one of my favorite quotes. You didn't have to enjoy every aspect of life to keep having the option of experiencing them. You just have to never give up on the idea that there would be a life somewhere that could be enjoyed. Another one goes, it is not difficult to see yourself through the lens of other people and to wish you were all the different kaleidoscopic versions of you they wanted you to be. It is easy to regret and keep regretting ad infinitum until our time runs out, which is very, very applicable to a lot of us these days. And there's another one. But it is not lives we regret not living that are the real problem. It is the regret itself. It's the regret that makes us shrivel and wither and feel like our own and other people's worst enemy. Indeed, this is very true and not surprising because if we keep regretting, it's like we are battling our own selves, actually. Which is, again, another thing that I need to be mindful of and keep away from. But, you know, again, it's easy to say that we shouldn't regret or anything like that. But it, it's the application that's hard. So we, all we need to do is to keep reminding ourselves and do as much as we can to enjoy life or not regret life. And then there's another passage that I like, and here it goes. The only way to learn is to live. And I might add that living is hard, dying is easy. So that's why it, this book actually also touches on points like suicide and of course mental health and another favorite of mine which is very simple but very thought-provoking is that never underestimate the big importance of small things so those were some of my favorite passages and i do not want to add more because you know i do not want to spoil you with your experience of the book so how do i read this book hmm 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 I rate this as 3.8 over 5. So I know that I've been raving about it because I'm creating an episode about it. But does that mean that it's too low or does that mean that it's too high? Well, you'll, you'll be the judge, Zesties. But personally, it was a delight reading the book. Although it's not like really like 4 out of 5 or 4.5 out of 5, 
I have my own reasons. It really evoked happiness and sadness and made me rethink over again the important things in life, which I am currently struggling at the moment. There is still hope as long as you are breathing. So that's the essence of the book. And as long as you are alive, it's again, it's very easy to say, but very difficult to apply. Why? Because when you are in the moment, when everything seems crumbling down, like uh, you feel like you're literally drowning and the current is driving you away from the shore. And at the same time, the pull of gravity keeps you from reaching the surface of the water. It is really difficult. And if there's no lifesaver to keep you afloat, that's when you give up. So that's one of the first scenes or one of the first chapters of the book. And I really felt how Nora felt, especially those first few chapters. There were a lot of times and even, and even the happenings in my life recently that are really crumbling down where I felt that the weight of the world is in my shoulders and it's really difficult and I do understand those people who are really battling um, their struggles and the book's take on depression is that to see the bright side of life see life's possibilities but it is not that simple right that's why some people don't like this book because it's oversimplifying the solution for depression sometimes thinking positively about life might might be a solution but most of the time it's not there are a lot of layers to depression some have a chemical imbalance in their brain that's why they get depressed. So you cannot really simplify it. However, I think the message is that if you think that life is dull and full of a series of unfortunate events and you're depressed about it, which is currently happening with me right now, then look at life's infinite possibilities. One of the main points of the book is to seek help if you are struggling or depressed. Go see your quote-unquote lifesaver if you are drowning. Go see a friend, talk to someone, go to a mental health professional, and so on. And I hope that the people around those who are struggling are also more empathetic, more kind, and more helpful to lend a hand for someone who's drowning. And you'll never know that your small gestures can actually change someone else's life. And that's also tackled in the book, which is a very a pleasant unraveling. I, ke I kept saying about life's infinite possibilities, which is another big theme of this book. So... If I have to undo a choice I made in the past, which choice would it be? If like if there's a if there's a midnight library in my life. So this is actually a very interesting question and well, one choice that kept creeping on me previously was my college degree. I kept saying before that I wanted to be in the IT field and or in the arts field and I just did my current degree because of my parents' wishes, which again has a similar version of the book. Before, I really wanted to change that decision and if I could undo, I would, but that was before. 
that was before I met like the people I know now, especially my husband, because if I would, <laughs> it's quite cheesy, right? So if I would not have chosen this field, then I wouldn't have met him. I wouldn't have met my friends and colleagues who are also dear to me. So now I don't want to change my field. And I even felt that that was serendipity. And it's, I don't know if it's called happenstance as well. Like that's the, if that's the term. But there are some that I wanted to change still in the, the choices that I made in the past, like my bad habits, like overthinking and not eating healthily. Those types of choices, those are the choices that I wanted to change. And personally, I'm still thinking of trying to change them. Habits are hard to break, eh? There are ways though, and it's really baby steps. So as Mrs. Elm said, the librarian in the book, Never underestimate the big importance of small things. So anyway, Zesties, I hope you enjoyed this episode and encouraged you to read a book this month. Before we end this episode, I will leave you with this passage. Between life and death, there is a library. And within that library, the shelves go on forever. Every book provides a chance to try another life you could have lived to see how things would be if you had made other choices. Would you have done anything different if you had the chance to undo your regrets? 